This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to episode 34 of Side Hustlers. My name is Carla Marie. I am doing an event at a lair in West Seattle here in Washington, December 7th, 2018. I don't know what year you're listening to this podcast. It's a shopping event. There's going to be a store-wide discount and there's going to be hot, boozy apple cider. So it's going to be a lot of fun, 7 to 9 p.m. at a lair, December 7th. Today's episode, we are talking to the owner of Seatown Sweets. You can check her out on Instagram. I highly recommend it. It's at Seatown Sweets. Her name is Kayla Hefner, and she kind of just turned her hobby into her business. She's currently working part-time, so it really is still a side hustle for her, and you're going to hear her entire story and why I freaked out when she walked in here with cookies that were designed after people on this podcast. You have to see them. Check them out on my Instagram. It's at the Carla Marie. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get up your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. I'm a hustler, side, side, hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo, it's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. 
Yeah, so obviously I've got Kayla Hefner from Seatown Suites in studio with me today, fresh off of a delivery. You've already made a delivery this morning, and then you came here. Is this what a normal day is like for you? Yeah, typically. So deliveries typically happen on the weekends mostly. That's when people are having birthday parties or weddings, events, like everyone celebrates on the weekends. So I usually will deliver Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sundays, but mostly I'm baked during the week, prep, all that. And then, yep, deliver on the weekends and then go do my my life. So you this morning did a delivery in Sammamish. And right now we are in our studio in Seattle. So you went all the way there all the way here. And it's just, it's crazy. What was that order this morning that you had to deliver? What was it? It was a first birthday party. So they're always kind of fun. And it's, this one was kind of elaborate and um, it was a last minute order. This uh, event planner reached out to me, I want to say on Thursday and they're like, Hey, can we, Sunday? (laughs) I know. I'm like, can I, can we get some cookies? And I was like, actually, yeah, I'm going into the kitchen. I'm going to do my prep. So, you know, what do you want? And uh, it was a first princess birthday party and so I did like some crowns and once upon a time some ball gown dresses and they're like okay great what time are you gonna be there and okay I can be there at you know 10 30 party starts at 11 so perfect I'll leave my house get gas drive to Sammamish come out to Seattle and then I'll loop home so (laughs) what a day it was yeah and it's only starting so okay I do need to admit something though you and I were messaging on Instagram because you texted in to the show when Anthony and I were on at night and that was what at least you and I both thought was our first interaction until today. Yeah. We've actually met before. Yep. And I realized, no, not even the time you're thinking. Oh, really? Which we also realized. I realized that this morning when I was in the studio going through your Instagram, I was at that first Seattle Boss Babes event, the one at the Riveter. Oh, yeah. And you made cookies. And I was eating your cookies, talking to you like, oh my God, these are so good. And I didn't realize until I went through your Instagram this morning. I was like, I've met her before. But I just like... <laughs> I didn't introduce myself. I wasn't like, I'm the girl from the radio at all. But we had an interaction. Then you came in the studio this morning, and you're like, yeah, I've actually been here before my par- with my parents, and I walked by you in the hallway. So this is like fate right now, I feel. Yeah. That we've kind of crossed paths so many times and never actually connected. So I'm pumped to hear your whole story and get it out there for everyone. Yeah. It's so weird. I know. It's funny because when you guys were on the the nighttime show and you're like hey normally we have you I think call in yeah you know and we'll give you a shout out but yep. let's do like an Instagram follow That's so right. um I was like okay and I'm I'm literally driving to my kitchen at that point because <laughs> I had to go do a delivery and um so I go uh, I'm like driving I'm like at a stoplight and I'm like okay let me let me follow her really fast you know I'm like <laughs> this is illegal in Washington you can't do this no. but whatever and so then I like run into my kitchen to come back to you know hear the clip <gasps> and I have my phone recorded my car dash and I still have it and you're like what's up Z-Town Suites and I'm like oh my god I'm famous for like a second well so. behind the scenes I'm telling Anthony I'm like oh my god Z-Town Suites follows look at what she does look at all these amazing cookies which this is going to sound like the worst kind of uh, review but like you're really talented thank you it's Like, if you're just sitting at home right now you may live on the other side of the country and think well, maybe I can't eat her cookies. Go look at what she does. It's C-Town Sweets on Instagram, S-E-A, Town Sweets. And it's kind of just like very soothing to scroll through your Instagram. <laughs> and it's like cookie porn or yeah. cake porn. It really is. It's so, so nice to to go through and see what one human is capable of. Because if I did that, it would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> so good job. Thank you. All right. I want to go back to when this started, when it was a full-time side hustle? Because it still is a side hustle for you. Yes, you have a part-time job and this, Mm -hmm. but 
there was a time when you were just doing this because you liked baking. So walk me through what that was like when you were working and it was digital advertising? Yep. So what the heck was going on then? Yeah, so I was working here downtown Seattle, um, slaving away at a desk job, and like everyone does these days. And I just, you know, I I liked my coworkers. I really did like my job. I was happy there. I was totally content. I was making money. But I was actually side hustling at a big coffee chain known in Seattle. I don't know if I can say their name or not, but... And she just I love that you just mouthed it to me. We won't say it, which, but you know. I'm drinking right now. And you know, so I'm I was actually saving up for a puppy. Mm. I really wanted a puppy and so I put all my tip money towards my puppy and I did get her. But so I was side hustling even then, but not even baking. Doing this, yeah. yeah. So the baking thing came about when this little website called Pinterest was invented. And I was like, Oh my god, look at these cupcakes. It's like loaded Jack and Coke cupcakes yeah. with like craziness and you know salted caramel bourbon blah 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 what year was this 2013 okay yeah when yeah pinterest kind of it hit us hard because we were all like oh my god what look at we're so behind in the diy world what are all these other people in the world doing i know but it was super inspiring i mean look it inspired you essentially to do what you love and start your own company right but yeah there were all these weird flavors of things weird flavors (laughs) and i'm like let me see if i can do this and i would make you know like 50 mini cupcakes i'm like awesome i did it i do not want to slam 50 (laughs) mini cupcakes like i gotta watch my calories you know (laughs) so i'd bring them into my coworkers, and i just kind of put them in the middle of the room and people kind of filter over there and eat them and they're like oh my god this is so great and i remember one of my coworkers saying you should open a bakery And I'm like, shut up. No way. Like anybody can do this, you know? And I was like, well, I don't know, maybe. So I kept I kept playing around with it and I kept taking classes locally. There's some really, really great options out there like PCC. You can take baking classes. I've taken a pie class there. Cool. There's a lady up north um, in Linwood by me. She does cake pops, cookies, the sugar cookies, everything. I mean, crazy. I've taken a ton of classes from her. So the resources are out there for people to learn this stuff. You know, you don't have to go to culinary school anymore. You can go on YouTube and look up techniques, tricks. And I've totally done that before when I was first starting. I was like, oh, I would get a request for a ruffle cake. And you can Google that later. But I was like, like, can you do that? I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. And I'm like, no, I have no idea. So (laughs) So you would say yes and then try to figure it out. Yeah, and then I'd like figure it out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Because if you have the basic skills, like you can kind of you can kind of do it your own way and figure out what works. And if it doesn't work, just scrape it off and and start over again. (laughs) So you were doing this just on the side. Why were you going to the classes in the hopes of, okay, I am going to leave my job and start this? Or you were just doing it because you really enjoyed this? Just because I really enjoyed it. It was just kind of it's a creative outlet for me. Like, I don't know how to paint. People ask me like, oh, can you draw? And I'm like, no, I can barely write my name. (laughs) But you can do these elaborate designs on these cookies, but you can't draw. It's like coloring. Like, you know how you okay. make an outline and then you fill it in? That's yeah, also can't do that. So <laughs> That's like basically all I'm really doing. And I use buttercream for any bakers out there. I don't use royal icing, which is a, a flooding technique. I cannot do that technique. It's beautiful. People send me all these like elaborate cookies that you see, those time-lapse videos. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's great. That's not what I do. So, so is that when you're talking about but buttercream is when it is more of like a... How do I describe it? Piped. Okay, it's piped. piped. Yeah. And then the other one is called what? Royal icing. It's is that flooding. When it's, it's like flat kind of? Yeah. Is that shiny? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. It's flat. It's smooth. And so people have a stigma with sugar cookies because they've had so many bad sugar cookies. Yeah. Because it uses royal icing and it's really fakey tasting. And I mean, I've had some that are like, okay, 
but I'm like, I like buttercream. You know, I want like the fat and the richness yeah. and um, all the good stuff in there. So yeah, it kind of started with sugar cookies and um, I would blog about it. So I would actually go on, you know, Pinterest, make these things. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to write about my experience. And that was kind of like another fun creative outlet because I do like writing. Yeah. But I've kind of since stopped the blogging because I'm too busy to do that actually now. making. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, I actually grew up baking with my grandma. So that's how the sugar cookie thing actually started. And some of my earliest memories too. Uh, she worked for Safeway Corporation in the graphic design. Oh, God. That is so cool. Yeah. And it was, you know, back in the day when you did not have computers to make this stuff. So I don't even know how they were doing yeah, it what then. Did she, what was she doing? I don't know. She she is an artist. Like she can draw and paint and everything. So she has that creative, yeah. you know, outlet. And then I kind of got some of that DNA, I guess, but it comes out of my cookies. So it works. But we would go to the big factory, which I think was in Bellevue. I mean, I was like five, maybe six tops. And I just remember seeing this giant machinery and they would give us these big slabs of cookie dough. They'd give us sugar cookie dough and um, gingerbread and then we would frost it. So we'd bring our own, I think we brought our own cookie cutters and, and everything. So really it was just me smearing frosting and sprinkles and, you know, calling it good. But we would then also make them at our house because they only did that for a couple of years yeah. and then they stopped for some reason. So, but so it's always been in your blood, but it was more of like a hobby for you. Yeah, and then when you got to college, you went to Washington State. Go Cougs. And we got, got two Cougs in studio today. Yeah. I'm clearly outnumbered always here as a Rutgers uh, alum, but whatever. <laughs> even more so today. But you are you said you were working in the dining hall on campus, even making cookies there? Yeah. So I, I've i always had a job. I actually, my, so let's go back to my first job. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're at Coldstone. Coldstone Creamery. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it came to our little neck of the woods here back in the early 2000s. And uh, when I turned 15, my parents, they've always been really hardworking. And so they're like, you're 15, get a job. Yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you have to be 15 and a half. And they're like, well, it's going to take a while. So I was like, okay. So Cold Stone popped up. And this is before like you could email you know, people for jobs, like you had to fill out an application yes. and like mail it in. Isn't that so crazy that like complete side note, people don't realize that. Same thing for me. Like you'd walk door to door into businesses and write your application and have to go home because you don't know your social security number. Yes. <laughs> like, Mom, what is it? And now it is just, it's all online. It's all but online. you had to go face to face with someone. Yeah. And it wasn't even open yet. So I think I had to like literally mail in my application and then we did a, like a group tryout. And so they like brought us all in and we had to, um, you know, do like interviewing and stuff, but we also had to sing because you oh, sing that's for tips. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, this is my first interview ever. I'm super nervous, <laughs> but I'm going to fake it till I make it. And I got the job. So it was great. So I actually was working there and I got some burly forearm muscles, by the way, like scooping ice oh, cream. Yeah. It's a good workout. So um, my manager one day was making the ice cream cakes. And I was like, that looks really fun. Can you teach me? And then I started making ice cream cakes. (laughs) At 15, you had like, to be able to say that that is such an important thing to tell someone, no matter what your job is, you see someone doing it. Can you teach me? Can you show me how to do that? I also want to learn. And at 15, you were doing that. Clearly that paved the way for a lot of things going forward. I know. It's so crazy to think back. And literally, I just picked up the offset spatula, which is not a common kitchen tool. Like it's really a a baker tool. Okay. And I just like knew what to do with it. I just like watched him and I was like, okay, cool. This is fun. And then picked up a piping bag and like started writing, you know, happy birthday. That's so crazy. And you're doing all these things, you know, with your grandma, Coldstone. Then in college, you were doing cookies there and you never once thought, I'm going to do this for real and be paid for it until 
you were already into the real world working somewhere completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but how? What made you think, at what point were you saying, you know what? I'm creating C-Town Suites. Gosh, I don't know. That's kind of hard because it's, again, it started out as a blog. Yes. And the, so Was then, it called C-Town Suites as no, the blog? No, and that's kind of actually a funny story. So my blog name was called Bake Me Happy. Ooh, I like that. Kind of cute, kind of yeah. like a home bakery feel, you know. And I was I was doing this for fun, for friends, you know, for a few years. And, you know, my husband and I, we got married. So it was kind of like put on the back burner. And then we got our house up in Linwood. And I was like, this is... You know, I really enjoy doing this and I'm, I'm getting more joy out of doing this. You know, I love marketing and it's fun, like the social media aspect. And I think that's great that I have that background. But again, like I keep listening to all these really inspirational podcasts, you know, people doing what they love to do. And life's too short. Do what you love to yeah. do, you know, and just go for it. And so I, f- I realized one day that the only thing holding me back was myself and my fear and fear of failing. And you're not going to fail if you really, you know, want to achieve. You might have some setbacks. You might have some difficulties along the road. But ultimately, like, you're going to do whatever it takes to make your business work. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to go for it. But I started that process, like, getting my business license and which, by the way, I've listened to, like, other, you know, people on this podcast. I was dying. I know exactly what you're going to say. When you wrote this, because I have everyone send me bullets just so I have an idea of how things went for you So before we sit down. I actually laughed out loud because you, along with every single person on this podcast, has said to me, so I Googled how to start a business. I yeah. did that with your guess. Yes, I Googled how to start a business. So <laughs> Love it. Which, it's really easy to do. Like, no matter where you are, you just go to, like, the departmentofrevenue.com and you can register for a business license. And I think it's maybe, like, 50 bucks. It's not, it's not that much, you know? And you can register it and you can... You don't have to report revenue right away, you know, so you can just get it, get the name, get it secured and then kind of figure stuff out along the lines. So that's what I did. I just registered for my my business license. And then, you know, with food, it's a little bit different. But yeah. Can you explain that? Because so you are the first person on this podcast who's a baker. I had Mahalo Maid who has a food truck and I, I'm not sure if that's different, but you said something about cottage law. And I was like, what does that even mean? So help explain please <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of different with food because you know it's regulated so, you know we don't want me to make anyone sick right so there's two ways you can go and basically you can either do cottage law which is being a home baker but registering your own personal kitchen okay. which is totally doable you know it is a little bit of work because you have to create a floor plan and you have to like write down like here's here's where I'm gonna uh, store you know food oh, wow. separate from everything else and you know you have to keep all your your pots and pans or, you know, your kitchen utensils separate from everything else in the kitchen. So it has to be pretty, you know, and in your pantry also, like, here's all my dry goods, like where everything is stored. So it has to be laid out really well. If you have pets, cause I'm just asking because my ca- my cats go through my cabinets and totally. I'm also not going to be a baker. But how does that work? If you have pets and you're going to cook at home, I'm assuming that's not allowed? No, it is allowed. allowed. You just have to have a plan in place. So it's like, okay, when are your production hours? And if you have kids or pets, mm-hmm. you have to say, like, what are you going to do with them? And You'd be like, throw them in the garage or <laughs> put them in the basement or, you know, lock them upstairs or, you know, so you have to just specify that. Wow. And you have to specify like your your sanitation schedule and, you know, all that stuff. But okay. it is doable. The only thing with Cottage Law, it's it's very small production. So they have a very small revenue cap. I think they just upped it to like 20 grand, which if you want to make this a sustainable business, business. Yeah, that's... you can't live off that. No. Not in Seattle. Heck no. no. Oh, my God. That's like my Starbucks bill. So- <laughs> Same. So you went the other route, which mm-hmm. is just having your own kitchen somewhere else. 
Yeah. So there's um, the commercial route. Commercial route. And so I actually work out of a cooperative kitchen. So it's shared with other cool. chefs. So we kind of share the expense to make it more affordable. So smart. For everyone. Yeah, because it's not, otherwise there'd be millions of kitchens like everywhere. So how does that work though, scheduling wise with you guys? Yep. We have a Google calendar and we just go on there and we book time. My kitchen's pretty small. So I'm one of, I think I'm the only real baker in there. There's other caterers that operate out of there and a couple food trucks and and stuff like that. So that's kind of like home base for everybody. And yeah, it's actually pretty, it works out good. I didn't even know that was a thing. And that's really cool. For So for anyone who wants to start doing this, and exactly like you said, if you don't want to do it at home and you want to have a space, but you can't afford to have a, buy a kitchen somewhere, right. this is a great way to do that. How did you link up with all of these people? It's really hard to find a commercial kitchen, actually, because a lot of these people don't really advertise it. And I have another friend who's a baker and she's in Bellevue area. And hers is a massive kitchen. Like there's so many people and tenants in there. Sometimes you can ask like the Department of Agriculture. Sometimes they'll know. Sometimes they won't. I actually found mine online. And it just happened to be 10 minutes away from my house. Jeez. So I was like, wow, this is like fate stepping in here. Like everything is just lining up for me. So I should I should do this. So at the point when you were doing this with the commercial kitchen, like what year was this? Were you still working full time? What was going on? That this was, was it a side hustle at the time or did you make it a full-time thing? No, it was still a side hustle. So I actually just, I've been there for about two years now. Oh, wow. And I just went part-time in July with my family's business. My schedule in the morning is I get up, I take the dog for a walk, I log onto my computer, I work until about noon, and then the day is mine. So it's really nice because I can go into the kitchen at that point. I could do deliveries if I have to. I could go at night. I usually try to go in the middle of the day because it's less busy. The kitchen, there's usually not many people there. But so then that leaves my evening time to go work out, cook dinner, relax. So at what point, though, did you decide to, I guess, leave the corporate world? Because you were working not for your family's business when you were still finding that you loved baking. At what point did you decide okay, this really, I'm going to create this business and I'm going to sell these cookies. I, you know, people started like asking me, like, can I, will you do this for me? Like, can I buy this from you? And, you know, it's just like friends or family friends because they're having baby showers or mm-hmm. whatever. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. You want something unique and you have something yeah. unique. Yeah. And so I, saw, I really saw like, okay, there's, you know, a business here. Like there's a need out there and people aren't finding this product. Like you cannot go to the grocery store and no. get these cookies, you know? Especially custom especially custom cookies. And it's kind of like trending right now, like these custom cookies and dessert bars and stuff. So I just kind of like saw an opportunity there. And so I started kind of working on a business plan and, you know, doing all this research and stuff. So that was about after our wedding, actually, I, I did my own wedding. I didn't do the oh cake. Oh my God. I feel like that is like the number one rule people say, do not <laughs> no. do your own wedding for anything. I know, but I, I had it down. I was like, I got this. So that's badass. And I'm like, <laughs> I can save money that way. You know, like I, I paid minimally for a cake locally and it was good. I had a bite of it and everyone else devoured the sweets. So I was like, okay, this is like a thing now. So that was in 2014. So then that's when I started like really kind of putting together like, okay, how can I do this? Looking up cottage law and, you know, but then, you know, we got married and then I started working for my family's business and it was just, I had a puppy and there's all these other things. That is something you said that I I was laughing at. You decided to go part-time with your family's business because you wanted the puppy, not for the cookies. Is that true? No, 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 not that way. No. Okay. I thought that's what I read. I'm like, so wait, she still wasn't even doing this. Okay. So you went part-time for the 
to be able to do sit yes. down suites. Yeah, okay. I wanted more time to be able because I was <laughs> I was working full time and then I'd go into the kitchen in the evenings after work Jeez. and you know doing late nights. Sometimes I'd be there at like ten o'clock at night and it's really dark and creepy. And I was like, I do not want to be here. Like it's <laughs> it's not like a bad area, but you're just all alone and <laughs> yeah, you're not at home. It's, it's just creepy. So I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to dedicate more of my time to this and really grow my business. So this past year, one of my goals was to do more weddings and get involved in the wedding scene. So how did you how did you get more involved? Because there are people who I've talked to who are just looking for different ways to break into certain areas and that is some month, some people's biggest struggle. How do I take that next step? How do I grow my business? So you set out with the goal of wedding. So what was that like for you? Yeah, so because I had, you know, just gotten married pretty recently, I kind of, you know, knew some people in in the industry and actually my best friend, she is an event planner for the University of Washington and so she has a cousin who's like really involved and so I reached out to her, "Hey, how can I get into the wedding industry?" and she's like, "You should come to these networking groups." And one of them is the Snohomish Wedding Guild, which Chalk Boss also went to, yep, right? Yeah. Yep. She's in that one. And there's another one. It's called Wedding Network USA. And that one's actually a national one. So cool. if anyone's interested in that, there might be some chapters, you know, in your local area. I can't remember how many they have, but um, that's a really great networking group. So I go to those. They're monthly. I, sometimes I can make it. Sometimes I can't. But those are great, great events to just connect and meet people and, you know, make those engagements and, and talk about yourself. So you got way more weddings this year than say last year. It worked. Yeah. So I did three last year and I did 25 this year. Whoa. So that was pretty good investment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and you said you did three weddings in one day this year? I did four weddings in four one day. Four weddings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a little crazy. It was 8, 18, 18, oh, which, boy. you know, as a bride, you, you see that date and you're like, oh, that's so cute. It's easy to remember. That's great. Let's do it. You know, Okay. not that thinking about all the other brides and grooms, you know, who also want to get married <laughs> on that day. So everyone in the wedding industry was pretty much booked that day. Wow. We were busy. So I, I actually did a wedding for a friend, my uncle who got remarried. So we were invited to both those weddings on the same day. <gasps> And then I did a big dessert table wedding out like an hour away. And we're talking hour each way. Oh my God. So I like went out there and delivered and then I like raced back. Which racing back isn't a thing in no. this state because you literally have no idea there's going to be traffic at any given moment. Yes. So that's risky. Yes. Absolutely. And then I like ran home, got ready, went back to the kitchen, picked up the other cakes and then, you know, dropped them off along the way. So it was fun. It was a challenge. But luckily they were small cutting cakes, which is kind of a trend right now just to do a small six inch cake and not do like a five tiered gaudy cake. You know, those people don't really want that. No one eats them. No one Everyone's excited for the dessert bar anyway. Yeah, totally. So you were telling me that you have had, I guess, some disasters with, well, I want to hear these stories. Yeah. These are, I'm always wonder, okay, whether it's someone's big day or whatever it is and you make all these cookies and then you trip and drop them all. Like what, how does, give us those stories. Oh gosh, so stressful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely, so when I started working in the kitchen, you know, every oven is different. It oh. cooks faster, it cooks hotter, and it was a convection oven, which is different than your conventional oven. It cooks hotter, so you have to, like, play around with it a little bit. So initially, like, I cook my, you know, if you were to make them at home, my cookies would bake at 375. So it's a little above average than a cake 350. So I get to my kitchen, and I'm doing some test cookies, luckily, and I throw them in there for my standard, like, eight minutes, and I burnt the crap out of them. Mm. I was like, okay, 
What am I going to do? Oh my gosh. So round two, you know, okay, let's turn the oven down, turn the oven down. So now I cook them at 300. Oh wow. Which is like 75 degree difference. And the owner, she had told me like this oven cooks hot, about 50 degrees hot, you know, and I had no idea. So that, that was a learning process in and of itself was just figuring out this oven. And so now when I'm doing my process, I literally roll out all my cookies put them on my speed rack and then go to the oven and I stay nearby. So I'm doing like, just watching. I do. Yeah. And I kind of like peek in there. Like I open the oven a little bit and peek (laughs) in because sometimes, you know, like the thickness is different. Sometimes the oven is hotter and it, you know, or if the, the cookies are really intricate design, like the edges get kind of crisper faster, you know? So it's really finicky. Sugar cookies are definitely difficult. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like to bake them either is because people have, trouble with them it's not a chocolate chip cookie that you can just slap on a you know sheet pan and shove in the oven and you can eat it whatever yeah it can be whatever no these are you and then they become your canvas really exactly and if your canvas is bumpy or messed up how are you going to do your design yeah but i've dropped yeah i've definitely dropped cookies before actually the biggest disaster was at a wedding and it was one of my best friend's wedding and so her husband is definitely allergic to peanuts And he can't go, you know, they can't go to a bakery because no one can guarantee the safety of it. So I told him, like, look, I will make you the cake. Like, I will do it for you as your wedding gift. You know, like, I want to do this for you because she's like, well, maybe you can, like, eat a cupcake or, you know, I don't know. And I was like, no, you you want a wedding cake. Let's do this. So it was at Trinity Tree Farm, which is in Issaquah. Beautiful venue. And um, I'm a bridesmaid in this wedding. So I bring the cake with me and I put it in the refrigerator, which... This refrigerator was from like 1959. I was like, oh my God, this is filthy. It's disgusting. <laughs> like, I was like, like yeah. okay, I'm going to put the cake in there. And I, I set it on a rack and the rack kind of breaks. <gasps> like it was, it was really wonky, but I was still holding the cake. So I was like, okay, we're not putting it on that shelf. So put it on a lower shelf. So I go back, I get ready, I'm doing makeup, and they're like, Kayla, the florist is here. I'm like, okay, great. So someone brings the cake out, and then I come in and Someone they already put the flowers on it. They're gonna go put it back in the refrigerator. Oh, they're putting flowers on the cake. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they're putting flowers on the cake. So then they were gonna put it back in the refrigerator. And one of the helpers was carrying it, and I literally walk in. And I just remember hearing like this big like thunk thunk thunk, and these women like they have their hands over their mouth and they're just like gasping. Ah! And I'm like, was that the cake? And they just shake their heads at me. And I'm like, oh my god. And it felt like the person just dropped it? So the person put it on that janky rack in in the refrigerator and I go in there and this cake is totally tipped over and like smashed on the side. And I'm just like, oh my god. And that morning, I did not listen to my women's intuition. Always listen to your gut. Yeah. Because I'm like, should I bring extra buttercream frosting in a spatula? Nah, I don't need that. Yeah, so I call the hubby. I'm like, hubby, 911. I need you to bring this buttercream and an offset spatula. And he's like, what's an offset spatula? And I'm like, oh, good God. (laughs) Have I taught you anything? (laughs) I know. It's like, it's this one. But yeah, we got it figured out. And actually, because it was fully refrigerated overnight, it was pretty solid. Cool. So I was able, I was like, bring it up to room temperature. We got to do surgery, like, (laughs) (laughs) on this cake. And I was able to fix it. And it was totally fine. Luckily, it was kind of a a messy style, which is kind of like, you just literally kind of rub some frosting all over it and it was fine but so I'm glad I got that out of my system yeah, early that's true before all these other ones so yeah it was that is nerve-wracking scary. oh yeah so obviously your business has taken off you're getting people that are knowing about you how is the biggest way people are finding you is it word of mouth is it Instagram what is that number one way people find Seatown Suites definitely my website so because I have that marketing and digital background I know uh-huh. how to do SEO which yeah. we talked about please on the show. teach me yeah it's <laughs> 
I know some stuff. I'm not like a wizard at it. Like, you know, these other you know, guys. more than the average person just launching their business. You don't have to Google, how do I SEO? The rest of us do. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll like every, I update my website monthly. I'll add pictures. I'll take stuff down. You know, I rotate. And so I always like go back in there and kind of like touch on a couple pages because I'm always learning stuff. So just because you have a website and you put it up there the first time doesn't mean you leave it up there. Like yeah. you really should be touching it every month. And that sounds like a lot, but Google looks for that. And every time you update it, it sends it to the bots and they just feed off of that. And so it's a game. It, it is really a game. Is. It's yeah. like Instagram too. Same thing. Yeah, you so, got to be posting for people mm-hmm. to find you and see your page as a whole. So they're coming to you through your website. Yep. Have you had to hire anyone to help you at all in this process of starting your business from day one, whether it's day to day or website or anything? Right now I do all of it. Wow. And with a little caveat. So I have my baker friend I was mentioning who has this Mm -hmm. other commercial kitchen. So her and I just did an order for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So um, she had a a big uh, order come in. They wanted like 500 cookies and 500 cupcakes. And they wanted my sugar cookies. So in like the little breast cancer awareness Mm -hmm. ribbon. So she was like, I'll do the cupcakes. Can you do the cookies? I'm like, yeah, but you got to come help me. You know, (laughs) like, so I was, our, our ratio, I was doing like two sheets to her one sheet and each sheet had like, at least 75 cookies on it. Oh so, my God. <laughs> so I've gotten pretty fast at doing this. So I was like outlining them and she would kind of fill them, but then I'd go back and fill them in just to kind of like keep going. She's like, my hand is cramping. I was going to say, what happened? Because I, I've made like tiny little, like a, uh, almost like cake pops, but without the stick, like mm-hmm. little truffle balls. And at the end of that, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't imagine what it's like for you, but you're used to, I mean, it's like muscles. It's, yeah. That you grow the whatever muscle it is to be able to do that, but that's intense. It it I'm I'm definitely sore for a couple of days <laughs> after. Like my grip is like my wrist. I'm go, I'm gonna get carpal tunnel. I should probably wear a brace. I don't know. You gotta <laughs> like, work out. You gotta get one of those like stress balls or something. Oh yeah, I don't want to squeeze anymore that's though. True. Like okay. I need to like hand massages. I need, yeah, hand is like open my hand more. I I do try to like kind of stretch it out and yeah. kind of like massage it and stuff. But yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh, a lot of grip strength with that. I do work out. I do CrossFit. So I try to stay in shape, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you watch baking shows on whether it's, I know the Netflix has a bunch or, uh, I mean, literally every channel has baking shows. Do you watch it? And they're like, eh, I could totally do better than that. Sometimes I do <laughs> like around the holidays. I definitely like to watch the British bake, yes, that's bake the off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's kind of fun to watch. And um, whenever it's like cookie week, I'm like, Oh, I could, I'd nail that. Like, <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> and they have, I actually looked into one recently that was here in the U.S., like a U, like that, but like the U.S. version. And I think it'd be fun, but I'm always, I'm so curious, like, do they have the recipes or do they have all this stuff memorized? Because I only have a handful of recipes memorized and I know how to do stuff. I'm sure they have to have them there and they just edit that part out. I where know. Where you're like looking at something. Yeah, that's that's kind of my biggest like hesitation. And I don't. So you would do one. Pending if you can have yeah your recipe. Yeah, but then I hate all the curveballs. Like, okay, we're making like peppermint mocha cupcakes, but you have to put wasabi in it. <laughs> and you're like, God, how do I do that? You know, like I don't have that culinary background to really know, oh, you know, true. like orange pairs with nutmeg and cinnamon. You know, I don't I don't know that stuff. No. Like I'd have to use Pinterest. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, can I do this? Can I pair orange and wasabi together? <laughs> yeah, why not? I think I've, it is true, though. They go like it is so crazy. What they do on that show. Yeah. The, all the shows. Yeah. All of them. But yeah, you're right. I want you to be on one just so I can be like, I know her. That's so cool. Maybe I'll look into it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So you show up here today. 
And I, you said, I want to make you cookies. And I was like, okay, well, this is my logo, like, whatever. So you made cookies where my logo is actually on them. So that's mm-hmm. print. How does that work different than what your normal, like, custom, custom cookies where you're designing them? Yeah, so that's an edible image, and it's made from sugar paper. Huh. And you can buy these printers, like, on Amazon. I actually go through my, my local gal up in Linwood to do it because they are such a pain in the ass. Like, you have to clean them, you know, otherwise the, the ink gets caked on there. But the ink itself is edible. It's airbrush ink. So when you see, like, these crazy cakes with, like, huh. shading and stuff like that, it's, it's airbrushed on there. So it's just, like, a really concentrated version. It's just in a regular printer. You just swap out the cartridges. Wow. And don't go do this at home. Like, just take your, <laughs> you know, your HP printer and, like, swap out for edible. It's like a specific kind It of is printer. kind of a specific kind of printer because you have to have the right kind of cartridges. And then you want to dedicate only edible image printing to that you don't want to go print off some Mm -hmm. some copies and then put your edible ink back in there (laughs) okay so you show up with those though and then you literally shock the hell out of me because you made cookies that are what is this uh, buttercream yeah i'm not savvy to the the words yet (laughs) you made them after a bunch of people who have been on this podcast so you've got chalk boss and it looks like a little chalkboard you've got law beauty essentials it's a nail polish a lair seattle and it's got a mug because you know you've got all the mugs in the world at a lair you've got the eventus which is champagne and we know that they love champagne you've got unicorn from danielle vincent her book you did an actual valley and rose flower truck like she's going to freak out when she sees that. yeah i like and that one box home decor and it's actually it is her logo. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you did this, I am just still in shock. I don't want to eat them, and I'm sure you hear that often. I want to like time. <laughs> hand deliver each cookie to all of these women who have been on this podcast. And yeah. be like, here's a gift for you. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. <laughs> but I'm sure you hear that often. Like, I don't want to eat it. Can I just save one? Can I, I keep one in my freezer forever? I know. I'm like, just eat it. I can make another one. You know, like it's meant to be enjoyed. But it's just, it's so incredible. And I know to you, it's probably just, yeah, I, I just do it. You know, like you said, yeah. you saw them on Pinterest. But if I tried to do this, it would be an absolute disaster. Well, I'm teaching a class. I was going to ask if you do that. Yeah, I Stop. am. Yeah, so I'm, I this is my first class ever. Like people ask me if I, if I teach classes and I'm yeah. like, no, I don't know how to teach. I would just kind of mumble jumble words at you and like not. So I have to, I'm going to practice and I'm going to practice like doing it backwards too. Ooh. So like, you know, I can kind of, you know, here's. So you're going to be in the kitchen like talking to yourself yeah, like, okay, much. and now you do this. <laughs> exactly. Just so I can get all those like words out and stuff. But yeah, it's going to be December 1st. Okay. At Shadow St. Michelle Winery, which is out in Woodenville. So yes. there's going to be wine. That always makes things better yes. and it helps the creative juices get flowing. I you just know. did a paint class and yeah. wine was involved. Helps oh yeah, a lot. lots of yes, lots of wine, and we're gonna make like Christmas cookies. Cool. So it's gonna be really fun. So how can people sign up for that? It's on my Instagram. If you click my link tree link in there, you have to have pop ups enabled. Some people were having trouble with that because hmm. you have to say I'm 21 to go to their website. Oh, right. So if you're getting that error, then actually go to their website, ChateauSaintMichelle.com. Um, and you can sign up on there. There's only I think like 20 spots left. We actually added another class. So we were doing 40, 40 people in the first class. I'm kind of freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a helper with me. I was going to say, maybe I'll come be a helper. Well, you can come be a helper. <laughs> like I can literally just hand people things. I can't actually <laughs> teach them things. But Yeah, so it'll be fun. So how many, are you going to bake the cookies ahead of time and people are going to design them? Is that yeah. how that works? Yep. So how many cookies are you going to show up with that day that are baked at canvases for people? Right. So, okay, 40 people times six cookies. Right. So Houston. 
250 cookies. I'm not even I don't know. <laughs> 240. 240. 240 cookies. Okay, maybe bring 250 just in case somebody drops them. Oh yeah, so okay, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring extras cuz I'm going to have to like demo them yeah, and true. then um also I think on the link you can so you get six cookies, different ones, different shapes in the class and if you want more, you can buy more naked cookies as Ooh. I call them. So you could take it home and like do it with your kids and your family or friends That's or cute. you know whatever, but I'm not going to give you the frosting or the the sprinkles you got to do that on yeah, your own, you're on your own. But yeah, yeah i did the hard part for you that's <laughs> your cookies. business yeah <laughs> right that's amazing so. i was actually wondering that because i went on your website and i didn't see anything that said classes and i was like hmm i would love to go to a class like that so yeah that's cool yeah do you think you'll have your own storefront one day where you just you're in the back baking and then people come in and buy cookies or that's kind of the the million dollar question I've been toying with for the past few months is like where do I grow my business from here because I'm kind of at a point now where it's like this is all I can do and yeah I have to turn down people because I'm I'm in cookie and you know cake product or cookie and cake pop production and they want cakes but I can't switch I can't do it you know I can't oh. fit it into my schedule because it's a different process so which I'm fine with because Cakes are. Oh, I, I started doing cakes because people kept asking me to do cakes, and then so that what? But that's not where what your love was. You said it was cookies, so yeah. you just started doing cakes because people wanted it. Yeah, for the dessert bar thing, you know, Got like because you have to have the cake to can kind of complete the look, you know. And and I don't mind the small cutting cakes, but anyways, it's a whole nother like mindset that I have to like, and I get nervous every time I make a cake because there's so many things that can go wrong. So I I just try and um, you know do one thing at a time. But in in terms of a an actual storefront. I mean, it's so expensive here in Seattle. Like I'm trying to do the math on it. And my husband, he, oh my gosh, he's have to make 3 billion cookies a month. Yeah, I know. I'm like, how many cookies, how many cake pops? (laughs) I think the route that I could see myself going in is more like a cookie studio. Cool. Or I should say like a baking studio. So I have a storefront, but I'm not open all the time. Maybe I'm only open Friday through Saturday Mm -hmm. or Sunday, you know, so people can come to me get their stuff that they ordered, pick it up whenever that's in their schedule versus me having to schedule that. Um, So, you know, hey, I'm open, you know, 10 to 5, come in whenever, grab it. And then, you know, if people want to slice a cake or a cake pop or, you know, I'll kind of have like a featured menu of the month and, you know, I'm only kind of doing this stuff that month. So it it would be custom, but a little bit more controlled. It makes sense. You know, so it's not like I'm making unicorns one day and mermaids (laughs) the next and then logos and, you know, all over the place. Unicorns and mermaids. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I want them. (laughs) Do you have you ever had a request that was something that you didn't want to do or decided like I'm not doing that? Oh, yeah. This guy he's local. He so in Fremont, we have like the Fremont troll under the bridge. Mm -hmm. And then we have like that Stalin. Yeah. He statue statue. He wanted Stalin and Fremont trolls. And I'm like, what? No, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm Uh, not doing that. Do you have bachelor parties that are like, we need 50 penises? No, actually. What? I I know, right? Um, I'm in shock. Not so much. I have done them. I do have them in (laughs) varying shapes and sizes. <laughs> but um Good to no, know. that's not really a niche. And actually there used to be an erotic bakery here, but they've since closed down. Well, and um they retired really... actually. Oh. It was a good business. I'm like Were they like super old people making Yeah. <laughs> not like super old. I actually met the the owners at This is the greatest. Yeah, I met them. Gosh, I don't remember where I was. It was a while ago. But I've I ordered cakes from them. I totally ordered a giant penis cake from them I back really, in the day. I really <laughs> want to end on I ordered a giant penis cake. End of story. But I have to ask you the question I ask everyone. Is there an app that is not Instagram that you use for your business? Yeah, I was I was trying to think of this question ahead of time. Listened, I know. Yeah, <laughs> and 
something really original that I think is really valuable for business owners who have to track mileage and deliveries and stuff like that. Oh, I never thought about that. It's called Stride Tax. Like you take a stride and it's great because actually I forgot to turn it off. But when I was doing my deliveries today, but you can um, literally log in, hit track my miles and then, you know, stop my mileage. Um, you can add in toll fees, parking. There's, I think, other expenses that you can track in there too, but I, I use it just for mileage. And at the end of the year, I go in, I say export, you know, 2018, and I submit it with my taxes. Oh and my God, that's amazing. Amazing because, and it does it at the current rate of the national rate. Whatever it is. Like yeah. 50 cents or something a mile. It's awesome. I need that. My tax guy last year was like, you need to start tracking this. And I was like, okay. And then I didn't. And the year's almost over. So, And if you forget, you, you can go back because sometimes I'm like, well, I had to like do this delivery, but then I went to Starbucks and Target and then, and then I had to go to this other delivery, you know, so I kind of, I can go back and Google it. Right. So I'm like, okay, kitchen to this yeah. and back is 10 miles. And then I went here to here and that's 15 miles. And then I just go back and I kind of, you know, import it in that way. If you are using... Like Excel spreadsheet, I know you can import. Good to know to it. So this is that was very very good answer. Yeah, it's it's a cool app. All right, I like it a lot. SeatownSuites.com, SeatownSuites on Instagram. Kayla, thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. And don't forget, you can always rate and review the podcast or follow it or subscribe to it. I appreciate it. And don't forget, I am doing that event at Alaire December seventh. Come hang out. It's just shopping and boozy hot cider. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.